Voici la question. Bonjour tout le monde. Here's the question we ask every Sunday. Are you ready to study God's word today? All right. If you brought a Bible, we're going to be in the book of Matthew today, or you can look it up online. We'll also have uh, it on the screen today, Matthew chapter 22. And while you are finding that, listen to these words from George Washington Carver. He says, no individual has any right to come into the world and go out of it without leaving behind him distinct and legitimate reasons for having passed through it. When you look at the men and women throughout history who have made the greatest impact, when you look at, at the great heroes of the Bible, they are men and women who understood their purpose in life. Noah built the ark in spite of the ridicule and criticism of his neighbors because he had a purpose. Abraham had the courage to leave his friends and family to go to a new land to start a new life like some of you have done because he had a purpose. Joseph could endure persecution and imprisonment because he had a purpose. Daniel stood with courage when thrown into the lion's den because he had a purpose. John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that Christ can increase because he knew his purpose. Stephen proclaimed the message of Jesus even as he was being put to death because he knew his purpose. Paul withstood hardship and, and even imprisonment because he knew his purpose. And Jesus himself looked at us in our helpless situation, lost and bound in our sin. And Jesus went to the cross to die to pay the price for our sins because he understood his purpose. And then Jesus looks at our lives, and he looks at how much of our time we spend running from this place to that place, investing our lives in things that do not really matter for eternity. And one day in Matthew chapter 22, someone came to Jesus and asked, Jesus, what is all of this is about? Is about? What is the purpose of life? And in that moment, Jesus stripped away all of the religion and all of the traditions and all of the stuff of this world and said, okay, guys, here it is. This is your purpose in life. We call it the great commandment. In Matthew 22, verse 37 to 39, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Would you read that out loud with me all together? Let's read that together. The words of Jesus, Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said that is what life is about. That's it, that's it. Love God and love others. And then in Matthew chapter 28, as we go to Matthew 
chapter 28, we find just before Jesus ascends into heaven, he gives these final words. And in his last talk, his last communication with his disciples while he was here on this earth, he said, hey guys, you remember that whole love others thing? Let me tell you how to do it. Here's what life is about. He says, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so that's why around here we come back to these verses again and again and again. It's because this is our mission. We didn't just make it up. It came from Jesus. And around here we say it like this. God's love in us to the world. Everything we do around here is designed to help people grow, to help people grow in God's love and their relationship with God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, to connect within the community of the church, and then to go serve to make a difference in this broken world. And why do we do that? Why? Because love changes everything. Not just any love, but God's perfect love. Parska l'amour change too. Watch this. Uh, I'm Mitch Casey. I grew up here in Mukta Wesleyan Church on and off, though when I was a child, my parents were traveling Wesleyan church planters, and we traveled all across North America from Ohio, North Carolina, everywhere. But every summer, my parents made the point to come back to Moncton to visit my family and grandparents, and we would always uh, come to the Moncton Wesleyan Church. There was one summer I'll never forget, we came back to Moncton to visit my family. My mom had put us into VBS for the week. Julie Greer was teaching the program that I was in, and she had taught us about this memory verse, and it was Romans 10, 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. As a six-year-old boy, I don't really remember the fun, I don't remember anything that we were doing in the class other than the fact that this verse was resonating with me for some reason. I knew that this was something that God wanted for me in my life and I didn't know how to express that or what that really meant, but I just remember going home after VBS that day and declaring to my family that I wanted to have beautiful feet and I wanted to tell people about the good news of Jesus. So I remember the rest of the week I was very intently just waiting for this woman to tell me more things about Jesus because I just knew that he had so much in store for me and for the people in this world. And that verse has stuck with me my entire life. When I was a teenager though, I went through this season of darkness. My parents had gotten divorced. I was unsure about my own salvation. I was very insecure with who I was and who God was creating me to be. Um, but there was this, this verse that had been going through my head from when I was six years old that just would never leave me alone. I would go to bed at night and I would dream of God using me in places overseas, even though I didn't feel like I was able to be used. I would go to school and the people who had no friends were the people I wanted to be friends with. There was 
ministry opportunities at the church with homeless people and I just jumped at every opportunity to do that because I knew God had been stirring something in me that I didn't quite understand even though I didn't feel like I was worthy to do anything for him. Uh, I'm really excited now because I get to um, take my skills as a nurse that I've been using to do ministry over the last several years in various countries and I get to go to South Africa. Over the last couple years of serving there, on and off, I've really felt the fine-tuned calling of God in this specific tribe. Uh, I'm excited to go. I'm excited to start doing ministry there. I'm going to be working as a teacher in the schools. I'll be teaching music and religious studies. I'll be working with the orphanage kids. I'll be helping out with the children in the villages that have never heard of even the Bible or let alone Jesus himself. So it's crazy that I get to take my feet and go and start sharing beautiful things to these people. And with that said, I really need um, help and support from my people here in Moncton Wesleyan and from my friends and family to pray for me and to be with me along the journey. So if you would like to join my support team, um, there's various ways you can get in contact with me and I'd love to tell you more about this ministry that I'm gonna be a part of. Uh, I'm so grateful that now, 20 years later, I get to take the seeds that Julie Greer and other people have planted in my life to go and serve for Christ's kingdom internationally. And it's so important to remember that when we're given opportunities to serve in ministry, we don't always understand the impact that God is doing in others' lives, not only here in Moncton Wesleyan, but also around the world. I'm Mitch Casey. Uh, Mitch is here today, I believe. I think I saw him walking in. And I, I wonder, I'm going to get so much in trouble for this. Julie, are you here today? Would, if, if, I, I'm, I apologize in advance. You're going to forgive me, I hope. You have to. Jesus says you have to. Could I have both Julie and Mitch stand and wave at everybody? Where's Mitch? Julie's right here. Where's, where's Mitch? Is he upstairs? Oh, in the very back, very back. There he is, standing at the door. Julie, would you stand? And everybody, come on now, come on. See, what you do matters. What you do matters. Where you choose to invest your life and what you do with your time matters. And one investment in a little child 20 years ago now results in someone going halfway across the world to share the good news of Jesus. Every Sunday, we have opportunities like that. You know, on a given Sunday, we have as many as 300 in children's ministry. And on big Sundays, we have as many as four or 500 in children's ministry. We have so many opportunities to invest in the next generation and in so doing to shape the future of our community, our country, and the world. What you do matters. And so, uh, in addition to you know, opportunities serving in student ministries, 
uh, with teenagers here at the church, ministry on the streets of the city, ministry to our neighbors, ministry to the hurting and broken and addicted. We have a table out in the atrium that says, serve. In fact, if you look out there after the service today, you'll see three signs with three tables. Grow, connect, and serve. And at the serve table or at mw.church slash serve, we want to help you figure out your strengths and weaknesses, uh, your, uh, you know, your things that you're good at and the things that maybe, you know, some of you shouldn't be working with children. Okay, I'm just saying. But uh, we want to help you find where you can find the most joy and the right fit for serving in God's kingdom to make a difference. And so I want to encourage you to visit the serve table or go online and check out those opportunities uh, later today Uh, because what you do matters. Lives are being impacted for eternity. So God's love in us to the world. How do we grow in our relationship with Christ? How do we connect within our spiritual family, the church? And how do we serve to make a difference out in the world? Well, in addition to all the prayer events and outreach events and spiritual growth opportunities and celebrate recovery, uh, which you can learn more about outside today in the atrium during lunch as well, I want to draw your attention to two specific things here in the next booklet. Now, if you have never seen this before, then you can grab one of these on the way out of the the room today as soon as the service is finished. Uh, We have these at the door if you have never seen one. Uh, This is what we teach when people come to Next each month uh, when we welcome newcomers to the church. And in it, it provides an overview of our our vision, our strategy, our mission, and how we're trying to to accomplish that. Now, it doesn't have every single ministry in the church. Uh, It just gives you the broad overview. But there are three things, or a couple things in here I want to draw your attention to. Uh, The first has to do with classes that are on page five that start this Wednesday night. They're called uh, Alpha Pillars and Freedom. Alpha is designed for people who have not yet made a decision to follow Jesus. And so if you're here today and you're still a skeptic and you're trying to figure all this out and you have questions, or if you have a loved one, a friend, a coworker, a neighbor who uh, might be interested in coming together in a group where they can ask in a safe place ask questions about God and the meaning of life and all of this stuff without judgment, that's what Alpha is for. Now, if you are a Christian or once you become a Christian, then we have the second class called Pillars. And Pillars is about building your life on the solid foundation of Jesus. How to live in Jesus on a firm foundation. And then freedom goes really deep where we deal with some of the bondage and strongholds that have been holding you back. How to live the free and abundant life that God wants for you. And then when you look at that book, at page six, you find what is the very lifeblood of our church, small groups. Now you can learn more about small groups out at the table that says, connect with the sign connect. But small groups here in the church are where we move from rows like this into circles 
where we make trusted friends who study the Bible together. And the content for those small groups is based on scripture that has been presented every Sunday morning. So we take the teachings from Sunday and turn those into small group discussion guides where you come together as a small group and you look back at the passages, you discuss, you learn from each other, you talk about how it applies to your life and you build lifelong friendships where you can pray together and care for each other. Those meet every other week. Then our outreach department helps your small group live out the mission of the church as we go out together to serve the needs of our city. And so our outreach department helps your group find ways, projects that you can do to help make our city a better place and share the love of Jesus in very practical ways. The mayors of our cities in the region are noticing the impact. Uh, last Christmas, when the mayor of Moncton, Don Arnold, was here, after the service, she was just blown away when she saw all the things that our small groups are doing out in the community. And, and she just said, I had no idea. And they're beginning to discover that when people get together with a purpose, and go out and serve together with the heart of Jesus that communities can be transformed. And we dream of becoming the largest volunteer mobilization force that this city has ever seen. And we are seeing that become true as each small group goes out and serves together in our city. You see, spiritual community in small groups is what we were made for. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. Now, that doesn't sound very comfortable. Has anyone ever spurred you? Do you know what a spur is, right? Like, it's a little prickly. If, you, if you've ever had spurs on cowboy boots and you spur a horse, you spur it on <laughs> in the direction that it should go, sometimes we have to do that with each other, don't we, in the body of Christ, as we spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. According to an article in Slate Magazine, loneliness in our culture has doubled since the 1980s. Studies of elderly people concluded that those without adequate social interaction were twice as likely to die early. The increased mortality risk of loneliness is comparable to that of smoking and twice as dangerous as obesity. Social isolation impairs immune function and boosts inflammation, which can lead to arthritis, type 2 diabetes, and heart disease. But numerous studies show that actually participating in church increases both the quality of your life and the length of your life. Check this out. A 20-year study with nurses showed those who come to church live 33% longer than those who do not. The president of ABC News cites a study that those who are in church activities two times each week live seven years longer. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, worship on Sunday, small group during the week, 
Seven years. I, <laughs> a, study by Van, a study by Vanderbilt University shows middle-aged adults who attended church actually reduced their risk for mortality by 55%. Uh, Tyler Vanderweel from Harvard University says, one intriguing aspect is that it appears to be religious service attendance rather than self-assessed religiosity or spirituality or private practices. In other words, actually being part, coming, being part of spiritual community that most powerfully predicts health. Something about the, the communal religious experience does seem to matter. It matters. Please do not take this as a criticism. This is not my intent. But in the Maritimes, one of the cultural distinctives that we have is that summer is a time to go and soak up the sunshine and put everything else to the side. And what I have found many times at the end of summer, this has just been my observation in conversation, is that many times people come out of summer with a suntan but a dry soul. With a suntan, but a dry soul. Because even science is showing that we were made for spiritual community. And apart from that, we begin to dry up. And so today and for the next few weeks, you can go to the atrium or go online uh, to our website, mw.church, and sign up. Wednesday night classes start this week. Now, we wanted to give you a week and a half notice, and we've been advertising this over the last few weeks, but obviously with the power electricity issue last week, we couldn't do that. But we've been sharing online. Hopefully, you found Alpha, Pillars, and Freedom, uh, Kids Ministry, Teen Ministry, all launched this Wednesday night and then small group kickoff on October 2nd. Now some things you can just show up to, but small group is something that you need to sign up for because we have to form those small groups together. And so I want to ask you as we work to put those groups together and assign for you a group leader and help find the best fit for your schedule, whether your group you know, works best for you on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, you know, Sunday afternoon, whenever works best for you. And so please do not delay. Make a decision quickly about being part of a small group and sign up. You can do that at the table today or just on your own, go to mw.church groups where you can check the options of all the different types of groups that, that, that we have available to find out specifically what works best for you. There's a legend of a traveler who arrived in a new city. He arrived at this city and found sitting at the gate an old man. And he asked this old man a question. He asked, what kind of people will I find here in your city? The old man asked him a question. He said, traveler, what was the city like in the place from which you have come. And the traveler said, oh, the people back home are horrible. Lying, cheating, they are mean. I do not like the people back home at all. 
And the old man said, well, that is exactly the kind of people you will find here in this city as well. The next day, another traveler arrived at the city gate. And he stopped and asked the same old man, what kind of people will I find here in your city? And the old man asked him the same question. Well, what were the people like back home where you have come from? And the man said, oh, the people back home are wonderful. They are kind and generous and loving. I so, so value the people back home. And the old man said, well, that is exactly the kind of people you will find here in this city. The same place, but the wise man's wisdom was this. The truth is, you often get what you expect. The truth is, you will often find exactly what you are looking for. You often get a return where you make an investment. In other words, you get out what you put in. And so let me ask you, what are you hoping to find this year? If you are looking for ways to make a difference, if you come with an open heart and a desire to change, a desire to grow, a desire to be transformed by Jesus, if you surrender your life to Christ, if you make an effort to serve in the church and to connect in a small group, if you spend time in prayer and you begin to pray with others, if you spend time in God's word and invest in your spiritual growth, I am here to tell you that it will begin to change your perspective, it will change your mindset, and your life will begin to see changes because where you invest your life is where you will get a return. And sometimes you will not feel like it. <laughs> sometimes I don't feel like coming to church either. Is a pastor allowed to say that? Because life is hard and it beats us down and we get tired. And many times in those seasons, we disconnect from the very source of life and encouragement that God has provided for us. But if you decide to keep pushing forward, even when you don't feel like it, you may find that this becomes your greatest year of spiritual growth ever as you become the person that God created you to be. Let's stand. I'm so glad you're here today. And I wonder if maybe God has been speaking to your heart about something. Maybe it's something we've talked about, but many times it's not even anything that is said from the platform. Sometimes what we walk away with is what God spoke to us directly. And maybe God has been speaking to your heart about your need to change your priorities and begin to put Him first. For some, maybe you're already a Christian and God's speaking to you about rearranging some things in your life this year. 
But for others, maybe you have never made that decision. You have not yet decided to become a follower of Jesus. This is your opportunity. If God is speaking to your heart right now, could, could we all just close our eyes and spend a moment just listening to the voice of our Father in heaven? Is he speaking to you? Has he been calling your name? If you need to surrender to him, Jesus has made the way. And the Bible says we simply need to confess our sin, confess our selfishness, confess how much we need him, confess and believe. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you to pay the price for your sin and then receive, confess, believe, and receive this gift that he offers. And so right now, if you're ready to do that between you and God, right now, would you just speak to him? I'm just here to help you. This is between you and the Father. I'm just here to help you. And just say right now in your heart, Heavenly Father, I confess. I confess that I have lived in ways that have not always been honoring to you. I've put myself first. I have believed the lies of this world. And I also confess that I need you. And so right now, declare to him that you believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for your sin so that you could be forgiven, to be your savior right now. Believe it, declare that to him in your heart and receive it, receive it. Allow his love to wash over you as his forgiveness begins to wash away your sin. Let him speak down into the deep parts of your soul, the lies that you believe, the bondage that has held on to you. And know that his plan for you is good. It is good. And so, Heavenly Father, we lift ourselves to you in worship. Take us by the hand and guide us this year in the ways that bring life everlasting. That we would be in Christ and Christ would be in us. That this relationship with you would be strengthened this year. That the small groups that begin to form together would be transformational that our outreach this year would be highly effective as more and more people come into your kingdom and experience new life through the forgiveness of your son. Lord, we look forward with great expectation 
because we know that your love changes everything.